0: Well, good morning again, and uh, right here, this. Well, hopefully, uh, everyone feels like they're a part of what's going on. I, I know our company, you know, our company. We have about seven hundred people in Kansas City, and. They they try hard to make you feel a part. I mean, they send out newsletters, and there's always announcements. And so, um, you know, you you may not be directly involved with with, uh, VBS, but uh, hopefully you're supporting it in some way. I know... uh, I I got to fix the ice machine this last week, and uh, uh, I know that that was missing at Church in the Park. They had to go buy ice, you know, several hundred pounds of ice because the ice machine's down. And, you know, I didn't know about it, so I felt bad that... Uh, And, you know, just just trying to keep the grass mode. I mean, we all play a part in uh, serving the Lord, regardless of what you're doing. I know Carol's uh, really helping out in the sound booth, and she was here Friday night. She was the only one that could be here, and so I thought, wow, you know, if Carol wouldn't have been here, we wouldn't have had the verses. It just, it wouldn't have clicked, and so, uh, just like Jim was mentioning, if Pat's gone, uh, you know, there's some things not getting done, and there's some other people trying to Fill the holes, and so uh, you know. I, I hope I guess that's my thought there. Just to hope. I hope you feel a part of what the Lord is doing here at HBF, and that you're uh, encouraged to press forward and just be mindful about. Uh, <clears throat> I, I know I was a deacon for 12 years, uh, eight years at a different church, and uh, four years here. And uh, you know, you, you get a burden. Uh, you get a burden for uh, the homebound. You get a, a burden for uh, helping those in need. And so that 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 kind of helped me see kind of behind the scenes, and and it made me uh, feel a part. Um, but those of you that know me know that in 1983, a year after we got married, we got married in '82. Uh, we endured a drought in North Missouri, and and that's partly why we're here in Kansas City, because we more or less went broke in 1983. We uh, we really lost everything, and we came to the city with with nothing, and. Uh, <clears throat> We, we didn't file uh, Chapter 11, we didn't file bankruptcy, uh, and we were able to really pay off uh, uh, Farmers Bank, except for the uh, interest we, we owed. They, they they said that they would uh, eat the interest that we owed, and we paid the principal, so we were able to, you know, sell our tractor, we had a few pieces of equipment, and um but t- today uh, <clears throat> we're talking about uh, a drought, and so this is a little bit near and dear to me. And, and so, before we go to Jeremiah, I want us to look at Second Kings uh, twenty-five. This is right. Uh, I think this is the very last chapter of Second Kings. And does everybody have a handout? I uh, You might yeah help get everybody one. So Second Kings twenty five, Jeremiah is actually excuse me, he is speaking about the very events that we see in Second Kings twenty five. And so uh, on your handout, the Roman numeral 1 talks about God's judgment by a drought. And uh, drought is what caused the famine. And so that makes perfect sense. And under uh, letter A there, uh, God's word to Jeremiah concerning the drought and, and then my bullet point there is just that there is 13 different famines in the Bible, and so that that's kind of interesting. Uh, the 13 is a number of rebellion, and there's there's 13 droughts mentioned in the Bible, and this particular one is mentioned here in Second Kings chapter 25. And if somebody would read just verses one through three of Second Kings 25. Uh, I gave you the wrong one hey Chuck could you bring Angie another handout I gave her the wrong one who's got 2nd Kings 25 verses 1 through 3 I got it All right.
1: and it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign in the tenth month in the tenth day of the month Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came he and all his lost against the and pitched against it, and he built forts against it round about. And the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. 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 And on the ninth day of the of the fourth month, the famine prevailed in the city, and there was no bread for the people of the land.
0: So uh, there was this famine prevailed in the city and it was due to the drought and there was no bread for the people and your blank that I gave you there is the word Zedekiah. So Jeremiah 14 we're, we're going to turn to Jeremiah 14 in just a minute uh, but, but before we go there I want us to go to Revelation 11. So, so what Sarah read is that Uh, When Nebuchadnezzar had put this, he had besieged Jerusalem, and he had come up against it. This is the Babylonians. Uh, There was a famine. So on top of them trying to defend themselves, and uh, the false prophets are saying everything's going to be okay. Okay. Uh, There's a drought, and so they are starving to death in addition to their enemies coming against them. But uh, let's look at Revelation, and I'll read these because I want to make a comment on them. Revelation 11, because the, the drought that was in Jeremiah's day was kind of what we would call a regional drought. But what we're talking about here in Revelation 11 is a worldwide drought, I believe. Mm -hmm. So Revelation 11, verse 3, uh, the Bible says, "...and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days." clothed in sackcloth so if if you were to uh, take a thousand two hundred and three score that's a twelve hundred and sixty days that's 42 months it's three and a half years and then look at verse four so these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. And then it says in verse 6, These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood. To smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will, and so it—it's it, our belief that—and uh, we we can show from the Bible that this is probably. Elijah and Moses, these two witnesses, and they prophesy for three and a half years. And it says here that uh, they shut up heaven that it rained not in the days of their prophecy. And so that's, uh, that's pretty wild for three and a half years. So, I mean, we went a month or two without rain up in North Missouri and uh, our crops burned up and, and we'll see that that happens in Jeremiah's day too but uh, anyway that's uh, pretty severe isn't it and you uh, there's another reference in Revelation where the Euphrates River is dried up and so this is this is why this is why because of this uh, three and a half year drought and uh, that, that actually happened in Elijah's day that it, it didn't uh, I think that's.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's...
0: It's in uh, Jude, doesn't it say that? Anyway, we won't, we won't look up all them, but it actually happened in Elijah's day that it didn't rain for three and a half years there uh, either. So, so now we're going to Jeremiah. I wanted to give that uh, kind of introduction there.
2: I think it's interesting too that rain is always a type of God's blessing. Mm. So during this tribulation period, huh. blessing is not on the earth.
0: That's good. I hadn't thought of that.
2: And it's always yeah, it's always blessing.
0: If you guys can hear that, rain is a picture of God's word and uh, His blessing and yeah. blessing on the earth. And uh, so He's withholding His blessing. That's good.
3: I suppose when we find ourselves in a drought in life, uh-huh. we can get to the Word and uh, receive the uh, the water of the Word.
0: That's good. Yeah. Yeah. it. Yeah, it's what it's likened to the water of the Word. It gives life, and out of us come living waters. And so there's lots of lots of things like that, Pam. You got it. So let's read these first six verses of Jeremiah 14. And uh, Jim, would you read those for us?
2: Make me some water. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the dearth: Judah mourned, and the gates thereof languished. And they are blackened to the ground, and the cry of Jerusalem has gone up. And their nobles have sent their little ones to the waters. They came to the pits and found no water. They returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded and covered their heads, because the ground is chapped. For there was no rain in the earth. The plowmen were ashamed. They covered their heads. Yea, the hind also calved in the field and forsook it, because there was no grass. And the wild asses did stand in the high places. They snuffed up the wind like the dragons. Their eyes did fail because there was no grass.
0: Yeah, so it, it affected a lot of things there, didn't it? The, the 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 cattle was disowning their own calves. They couldn't feed them because there wasn't no grass to eat. And the ground's chapped. There was no rain. And we've all seen the just the cracks in the ground when it, it doesn't rain. And uh so it's it's very severe <clears throat> and uh uh under your teaching point I, the point I want this is a form of god's judgment so the word judgment goes in the second blank the first blank was zedekiah cuz that this happened uh, this happened right at the end just a few uh years before maybe just a few weeks or months before they go into Babylonian captivity. Uh, so there's two places else I want to see Uh, hold your place here and look at the Deuteronomy I want us to see this was actually prophesied that if God's children would be disobedient he would withhold the rain He, he, he says he makes the heavens iron I think it's kind of a not the way we might say it Deuteronomy 28 and there's four verses here That talks about, I think this is where it talks about the blessings of God versus the curses. So Deuteronomy 28 and 20 says, I think that's what I want. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do until thou be destroyed until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings whereby thou hast forsaken me and then verse 21 the lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land whither thou goest to to possess it Verse 22, the Lord shall smite thee with a consumption, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with the sword, and with the blasting, and with the mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And then verse 23, and thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron the lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust from heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed so that that's kind of representing the the if if they don't he god's going to send them these curses uh because they have forsaken him and it talks about the heaven's going to be as as brass <clears throat> like fire and it's going to kind of rain down powder and dust so anyway that's this uh, kind of the that's before they go into the promised land and, and now we're right at the end as they're getting ready to be taken into captivity out of the promised land <clears throat> and then uh, there, there's a prophecy here in Amos for the latter days yeah Jim's uh, like Jim's favorite He's a, what do you say? He's kind of a suspenders and
2: yeah, the car hards
0: and, Yeah, it reminds me of. uh scary. Carl. What was Carl? What was Carl's last name that died? He was in the wheelchair. Oh Hatfield. Hatfield. Yeah. Yeah. He was our Amos. Yeah, he was cool.
1: It's
0: so that, that you can look kind of like a mean, guy in yeah. work clothes. <laughs> <All> greasy. <laughs> well, the night I went out there, you were skinning that deer. You are all bloody, and oh, yeah. it was cold. And I'm glad you were. There. <gasps> what am I, yeah. what am I walking into here? Yeah. So, okay, look at one more place here in Amos, and, <clears throat> and this is a prophecy of a of uh, the end times somebody else read this Proverbs, uh, Amos 8.11 and then we will get back to our text behold the days come saith the Lord God that I will send a famine in the land not a famine of bread or a thirst for water but of hearing the words of the Lord yeah and what, what does that mean Carol well, that means that the word, the word of the Lord will, will not be found. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's listening to it, are they? Yeah. I kind of noticed that even on uh, bot radio, a lot of times they have talk shows on... Saturday morning, but uh, this Saturday they they were playing a repeat of something that was taught during the week. I thought, man, they don't have enough quality preachers to fill airtime. Maybe, I mean, I, I thought that. I don't know if that's true, but uh, I know at the end of June is kind of the end of the fiscal year, and I know all of them are you know begging for people to support them and yeah. give money and and you. Uh, Feel like you should give, and uh, they're they're doing some good things, but it's just there's not enough to go around a lot of times. So, hey guys,
1: yeah.
0: hey Heather, grab a, a handout there. Is this Dylan? Yeah. Oh, right. Hey young man. Hi, Dylan. Going, man, good to see you, buddy.
3: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so. Uh, Anyway, is there any other comments about that? Just kind of the end times. Uh, there's going to be a famine of hearing the word of God. Uh, I I know that uh, we know in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter two that the Bible says there'll be a falling away first before the man of sin is revealed, and so before the Antichrist comes, that there is a falling away, and so I, I think that connects here with what Amos is saying that there's going to be a famine. It's not going to be of bread. So, you know, in our country, there's, uh, I know Chuck helped with a food pantry yesterday. There's, there's food pantries. Uh, we have plenty for the most part, uh, but, uh, there is a famine of hearing the Word of God, and so hopefully that's uh, not true in this church, and hopefully we keep shining the light and casting our bread upon the water. So, anyway, uh, your first two blanks, Heather, was uh, <clears throat> Zedekiah was the first blank, <laughs> uh z e d period <laughs> that's how I spell it, and then the second blank is just the word judgment we it uh God is judging his people and he's sending them into captivity, and they're being stubborn and they're not going, so he's kind of starving them out here he' and uh the all of Judah is mourning. They're ashamed, and even the farmers are ashamed. The animals don't have grass because of the drought, and so it affects many things and people and animals, and uh, even even the grass. So, uh, all right. So we are in Jeremiah fourteen, and uh, now we're going to go to verse seven, and so uh, Jeremiah. It's really weird, and I don't fully understand, but Jeremiah was told twice not to pray for the people. And that that sounds strange, doesn't it? It's like, don't pray for these people. I'm I'm sending them famine. I'm sending them the sword. I'm sending them pestilence. uh, And yet, uh, Jeremiah does intercede for them. And maybe he's not praying here for them not to be taken into captivity, but he is praying for the people. And he says in verse 7 of Jeremiah 14, O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do thou it for thy name's sake, for our backslidings are many, we have sinned against thee. O the hope of Israel, the Savior thereof in time of trouble, And I'll just stop there. Uh, Your next blank is just the word hope. Jehovah is Israel's hope in time of trouble. And he's ours as well. And uh, somebody said that they'll uh there will be as long as there's tests in school there will be prayer in schools and i thought that was kind of funny and so when we're tested we we always pray don't we uh Pam i um
3: uh, <clears throat> because god he he asked uh jeremiah twice not to pray for them i just see it as god's Love and mercy on us. Mm. He had to. They had uh, consequences, and they had mm. to. Uh, God had to uh, do that, and uh, He knew it was probably more painful for God because God loves us and doesn't want to discipline us,
2: but
0: He right. had to. Right.
3: Right. He's saying, "Hey, just let's let them have the consequence." Mm. But it also reminds me of enabling when we mm. uh, continue to ask. You know, we're asking for. Uh, God to pick this person up out of their mess and Hmm. put them on, you know, uh, strong foundation, but we don't allow them to suffer consequence, and so God can't redirect their life.
0: Yeah, no, that was uh, that's actually what goes in your your blank under your teaching point. Sin has consequences. That that was my. that was my thought exactly. Some of these teaching points, I have to pray. Like, how how would I summarize this section of verses? And that's exactly what I was thinking, Pam. Is why maybe God was saying, "Don't pray for them. They they have to go through this." And you're you're saying as a, as a counselor, and you're you've said that you, before, you're a hope dealer. You you want to give people hope.
3: But they won't see they won't look for hope if we continue to enable
0: them. Yeah. We
3: clean up their messes and we justify the things
0: they do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think I was telling that whoever I was giving a ride to That's true. the other day looking back at 10 years of life issues I feel like some of the people we help have helped financially the most or invested the most in haven't done as well Are not in, not with the Lord, serving the Lord today, as those that did have to kind of struggle and find a car themselves and make the payments themselves and do all these things themselves. They seem like those have been the people you don't think will do well and make it do, and the ones you invest heavily in and sometimes (laughs) try to help. Maybe don't. Yeah, okay. Not not always true. Like with your children, though, yeah. if mean, you don't give them true.
3: everything, then they don't appreciate what they have. Yeah. And, yeah. and if they have to but work have
0: to for it, then they're oh yeah more There's likely to succeed. Maybe that's good. So Pam, Pam saying that, or Pam, Angie saying that, like with our children, if if we spoil them and they don't learn to work or kind of. Kind of get back on the horse and ride then if you give them everything it, uh, it spoils them so yeah so God, God is having to put his people through some tough love here mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh, let, let me give you a promise here though uh, from Hebrews let's all hold our place here look at Hebrews 13 I think it says it in the Old Testament uh, at least once also. But here in Hebrews, in the New Testament, 13. And somebody read verse 5 for us. Thirteen five.
1: Uh, it says, Let your conversation be without covet- covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee.
0: So this promise at the end here, uh, God will never leave or forsake us. Uh, that That's what I had you put in your blank is just the word forsake. Uh, so even though God doesn't save them from their trouble, he doesn't leave them. He, uh, he is still their hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I'm sure it was painful to see. Some of his people starve to death or be killed by the sword or the pestilence.
1: That's like when Drake's grounded. I'm kind of grounded, too. (laughs) really
0: sucks. Yeah. (laughs) But you got to do it. Yeah. So it's like the dad going to spank their kid and he says, this is going to hurt me more than it does hurt you. Yep. In a way, it does because you you hate to... (laughs) But you don't you don't want to spoil the child either. Spare the rod, spoil the child. So uh, <clears throat> let's uh, have somebody go back to Jeremiah 14 and, and read uh, 10 through 11. 10 through 11 of Jeremiah 14. Let's have uh, somebody new read that. Pamela, do you want to read that? 14, 10 through 11? I caught you off guard, didn't I? That's
3: all right. Thus saith the Lord unto this people, Thus have they loved to wander. They have not refrained from their feet, refrained their feet. Therefore the Lord doth not accept them. He will now remember their iniquity and visit their sins. Then said the Lord unto me, Pray not for this people for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and oblation, I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of too little, too late. They They have been involved in idolatry, and they've sought the gods of other nations. They've uh, even sacrificed to false gods. And so now God is saying that He won't hear them when they cry to Him. He won't accept their burnt offering. And uh, God will consume them. And He mentions these three things, the sword, the famine, and the pestilence. And so keep that in mind, because that keeps coming up throughout the book of Jeremiah, that is the three ways and that's found in other of the uh the prophets speak of these three things and we already talked about the famine that was brought about by the drought and uh the sword is is coming by way of the Babylonians and uh, the pestilence is kind of the disease isn't it uh, or I think, so they they have uh, they contract some diseases, and uh, I think it's I forget which uh, more than once of these three things, God still preserves a remnant, and uh, those of you that uh, sew or make clothing, you know the the part of the clothing that maybe you don't use to make the garment. It, isn't that called the remnant, what you have left, kind of? And so the, there is a remnant that's left of God's people, and uh, that's that's talked about a lot in in the book of Revelation, and that that is the people He purges and He purifies, and that's that's what the tribulation uh, is about. And so anyway, that that's this next section here, the seven through twelve. And so, uh, did everybody get all their blanks? It was Zedekiah, then Judgment, then Hope, then Forsake, and then Consequences. And then, uh, now now we're on the back page, the last half of this chapter. And this section talks about false prophets and their prophecies. Because in verse 13, you'll see a, a new paragraph marker it says then said I ah Lord God behold the prophets saying to them ye shall not see the sword neither shall ye have famine but I will give you assured peace in this place and so that's what the false prophets are saying Uh, and, and what's funny is it's in the middle of a famine they're already having a famine and they're saying there won't be a famine and they're saying you know Bab- the Babylonians are actually camped right outside their city walls and they're saying there w- there won't be any sword. don't worry about it
2: nothing to see
0: <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> they're saying there's only peace mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know if you and let me say this I've said this before and it's worth repeating all of us, every one of us, probably believe something wrong right now. So there's a lie, and so that's why we come together partly to purge out, you know, use truth to purge out falsities. And so we all probably believe something wrong right now. Myself included, I, I, uh, I'm having to rethink things uh, all the time, and so I, I hopefully I don't teach wrong. Uh, but I'm sure I have said things amiss. And uh, l- let me kind of get to the the uh, teaching point on this. Let, let's all go to First Corinthians now, because you know Jesus talked a lot about false prophets. What what does he liken him to? There's an animal. What what animal does he liken him to? There's something in sheep's clothing. Oh. They're wolves, yeah. they're ravening wolves, and they they are seeking to uh, kill God's people, but they look like sheep on the outside. <clears throat> and so in first First Corinthians 11, and somebody read verses eighteen and 19 for us. Who's got that? What was it, 11? 11, 18, and 19. Uh, For first of all, when
1: we come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, and they which are approved may be made manifest among you.
0: So my my teaching point there is false prophets teach false doctrine which cause division. So uh but so the, the blank there is heresy. Heresy serves a purpose. And you just read it there in verse 19. It says, For there must be also heresies among you. And here's why, that they which are approved may be manifest among you. So it helps you, de- by, by learning the truth, it helps you detect the false, and it, it helps you know who among us are true followers. And, you know, it, you'll, you'll think this is funny. It wasn't funny at the time. But before I was saved, I went door to door and invited people to church. And I was at a different church. It wasn't this church. And um, I can't remember if I was with somebody. It seemed like I was with somebody. So we walked up to this guy, and he's leaning on his car. And he he, he said to me something like, Oh, you're wanting me to be born again like you guys. I mean, he was very kind of confrontational. And he was ask he was more or less asking me if I was born again, and I was really kind of backstepping at this point. It's like, oh, we're just inviting people to church, and I was just trying to, yeah. <laughs> you know, go on to the next house. But he uh, confronted me about my faith, and uh, and he 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 wasn't. I mean, he was just. I don't know if he was out there working on his car. Or it was a nice part of town, but anyway, it kind of. Uh, so I guess talking about heresy here, I'm trying to invite people to church so they can know the Lord, but I didn't know the Lord. You see what I'm saying? And uh I was being hypocritical. And so uh it was very uh convicting. And I've had uh, a few others like that that uh, people tried to witness to me and uh uh, at least two other times one I was on a first date with a lady, oh, wow. and we were going to a a lake, and there's a little gate to go into this beach area, and somebody's there handing out tracks and yeah. you know it was like you know I'm on the first date, we're just gonna go swimming here, and it was just <laughs> like in your face you know like so so i take the track and that's all i remember about that date and uh the other time was uh, i was i was a maintenance guy and i was i worked two jobs for a while and i i was putting in like mini blinds and ceiling fans at an apartment complex and and it's, it's amazing what you see going into apartments I mean you see their wickedness I mean one guy just had his whole apartment wallpapered with bad things <laughs> and uh, but this lady I knock on the door I'm here to install your blinds and she says that's great my name is so and so are you born again <laughs> that that was her exact words and uh, yeah yeah I go to church you know and so there was at least three times where uh, you know people have tried to witness to me before I was saved. Anyway, uh, those are things that kind of. So it's good to ask those things. So I wasn't open and ready at the time, but uh, but they 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 planted seeds for sure. And uh, so, uh, letter C under false prophet, the damage of false prophets. Uh, verse sixteen of Jeremiah fourteen says, "Nope, I'm still in First Corinthians." <laughs> fourteen sixteen and the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword, and they shall have none to bury them them, their wives, nor their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness upon them. And so I so we, we think so terribly about these false prophets as we should, but uh, they they do damage to people's lives too, don't they? Yeah. There there is uh, there's consequences, and so there, what they say doesn't come to pass. It doesn't happen, and man, these people are left without anybody even to bury him. It says, and so people people perish. So we need to know the truth, and be approved, and that's. Uh, It helps us to learn uh, truth so we can identify heresy. And so this last section here, 17 through 22, I feel like uh, we've got a good time to uh, discuss the remainder of this chapter. Um, Somebody read 17 through 19 if they would.
1: Therefore thou shalt say this word unto them. Let mine eyes run down with tears night and day, and let them not cease. For the virgin daughter of my people is broken with a great breach, with a very grievous blow. If I go forth into the field, then behold the slain with the sword. And if I enter into the city, then behold them that are sick with famine. Yea, both the prophet and the priest go about into a land that they know not. Hast thou utterly rejected Judah? Hath they so loathed Zion? Why hast thou smitten us, and there is no healing for us? We look for peace, and there is no good. And for the time of healing, and behold, trouble.
0: Now, uh, Sarah just read there at the end of verse 19 that this time of trouble. And look back at verse 8. Let's all look at verse 8 together. O the hope of Israel the Savior thereof in time of trouble. And so, twice in this chapter, it talks about this time of trouble, and we've said many times that Jeremiah is connected with end times and the tribulation, because the tribulation is called a time of trouble, and it's also connected with the lady that uh, is having birth pains, and so... uh, uh, if you if you turn your page back over, I just did a word search this week. It was under uh, the very first bullet point, I think. Uh, no, it was under Roman numeral two on the front of your page. Does everybody see "time of trouble" there under letter B? So I gave you all these references. Uh, I just I uh, did a word search for "time and trouble." And those are all uh, references. And you'll see uh, several of them are in Jeremiah. uh mentions that phrase, time of trouble, several times. And so, uh, anyway, th- this is a, a time of Judah's trouble. They're getting ready to go to captivity. They're, they're in famine. The sword's coming. There's pestilence coming. And so they... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Jeremiah has this prayer here. He, he, He's crying. He's weeping for his people. And in 20 and 21, the Bible says, We acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against Thee. And this is his request in verse twenty one do not abhor us don't don't hate us, God, uh, for thy name's sake, do not disgrace the throne of thy glory, remember, break not thy covenant with us so he he's praying a good prayer here you know that don't hate us because we're called by your name it's uh, don't disgrace thy throne of glory, don't break thy covenant with us. And then, uh, some might read verse 22. There's a word here I want us to camp out on in verse 22, the very last verse. Angie, you got that?
3: Are there any among the vanities of the Gentiles that can cause rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Or art not thou he, O Lord our God? Therefore, we will wait upon thee, for thou hast made all these things.
0: So, there's one word I want us to think about here. Uh, it's connected with a thought uh, this this thing of I bet no one in here would raise their hand and say I am really good at waiting <laughs> um, I almost had a wreck this morning by the way and it was totally my fault so to she saved our lives uh, well, I mean, we were going slow, but I almost pulled out right in front of a car. I didn't even see him, and they stopped, and I stopped, and we, we we were we would have hit if if it wouldn't have been for her. Uh, we we would have hit because I did not even see the car, and that that's not like me. I mean, it was broad daylight. I wasn't texting. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just didn't see him, and so uh, it was as close as any time I've had to wreck, probably, but. Um, and it would have just been a fender bender because you know I was just going a few miles an hour but anyway uh, this waiting none none of us are very good at waiting so uh, I want us to talk about waiting on the Lord so there's kind of two facets of this let's see if I got enough cord to hang myself so uh, there's one element of time so, so waiting on the Lord does involve time, doesn't it? Uh, because you know, we we maybe want want something to happen, or we maybe we're just waiting on the paycheck, or uh, we're really hoping. So, so, so time has to pass, and. The Psalms bring this out a lot. They're they're like, how long, O Lord? How long will this go on? And Jeremiah even says that, you know, because uh, especially if somebody's suffering, you're like, man, how much more of this can I take, right? Uh, The other part has to do with serving. And as soon as I say this, it'll click with you. But um, some, sometimes at a restaurant we call the person that's giving us our drinks uh, a, a server but usually it's called a waiter isn't it? They're, they're waiting and I want us to think about that in, in context of waiting on the Lord because uh, most if not all of us we're waiting for the Lord's return. We we want our glorified bodies, and uh, you know we've got a fairly new house now, and we drove past it today, and I, I said, you know, I wonder what our house, I wonder what our home in heaven's going to look like, honey. And uh, so we we look and we anticipate, but uh, while we're here, we're. We're to be waiting on the Lord in the sense of ministering to him isn't that what your waiter or your waitress does they they uh they serve you they minister to you you know can I get you another napkin do you need salt and pepper you know they wait tables. They, they wait tables <clears throat> and so lo- look at a couple verses here look at numbers eight twenty four I'll put these up here. Because that's what Jeremiah is saying. Actually, uh, let me have you go to one place before we go there. Look at the uh, Lamentations, because Jeremiah wrote this. Lamentations (laughs) 3. She's kind of cooing, isn't she? You know... uh, You'll, you'll think this is funny uh, when we brought our daughter Sarah home from the hospital she was born in research hospital and our son is four and a half years older so he was four and a half and she was a week old or a day or two old and uh, do you know what I'm going to say so they're in the back seat in their car seat and so we're in the front seat and of course Luke's old enough to talk and he goes mama She's purring. so She sounds like little Scarlet just now. She's kind of purring. He was thinking of a cat, you know. So anyway, that's funny. Uh, Lamentations 3.25. Who's got that? I don't have it. Somebody else reading. The Lord
3: is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him.
0: So, so Jeremiah just said in Jeremiah 14 that we will wait upon thee and in lamentations after the after they're in captivity he says it's good for them that they wait for him and so uh, i guess i would just encourage you today uh, if you're waiting on the lord you know I, uh, it was hard for me to wait on my dad to be saved you know you're you're wanting people to do right uh, maybe you're waiting on a relationship. And I guess I just encourage you to wait upon the Lord. And what we're going to see is that we serve the Lord while we're waiting on the Lord. That That's the whole point of this. We want to minister to the Lord while we wait. So uh, I don't know if anybody else ever twiddles their thumbs. I, I've seen people do it. And uh, does Emma do you twiddle? You twiddle your thumbs. <laughs> Pam says you do. Yes. And uh, you know, some you might see an old guy whittling on a piece of wood, or you, yeah. some people pass the time different ways. Um, but uh, we we need to pass the time uh, serving the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, so, so let me give you. Let's look at the Numbers example now. Numbers. and I'll go there we can leave probably the Jeremiah place but uh, I just thought this was a good time to kind of camp out and talk about waiting on the Lord because that's what uh, Jeremiah said there so 8.24 who's got that Jim?
2: Yep. Can we get it? Yep. 824. This is that belongeth unto the Levites. From twenty and five years old and upward, they shall go in to wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation.
0: Yeah, so if you know, uh, back here in Numbers, when they were getting ready to... Uh, conquer the promised land the Levites their portion was to wait upon the Lord and to serve him and that's what it says to wait upon the service of the tabernacle so that that's how they, they waited in Chronicles it talks about that they uh, ministered before the dwelling place of the tabernacle they waited on their office <clears throat> and uh, now, now let me let me think let you think about this, all of us are glad that the Lord is long suffering, but aren't you glad that the lord i I just told you of three different times that people tried to witness to me before I was saved, but aren't you glad He waited and He was patient with me till I got saved, and so god is God waited on you, didn't he? He waited on me. He waited on you. And so now we have the the chance to reciprocate. And uh, let me read to you Proverbs 8.1. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. And that was uh, Proverbs eight one. And uh the, the very first and the very last verse of that chapter are almost identical. Uh verse one and thirty-four. Now let me give you another aspect of this <clears throat> Do you know that uh, Psalms tells us the wicked lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den? The wicked are, are waited. Do you know there's wickedness kind of waiting on you? There, There's evil that's kind of... Mm-hmm. Seeking us, you know the the devil he walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So there is uh, there's evil things that are, are waiting on us. And in uh, in Proverbs seven about the strange woman, it's written, "Now is she without, and lieth in wait at every corner." You know, every man in here should perk up our ears. There's a strange woman that is lying in wait at every corner that it's waiting, it's waiting. Uh, she's uh, like that lion, and she wants to devour uh, men and distract them from waiting on the Lord. So uh, so so let's go to this one last passage here in Isaiah. This will be the last uh, place, I think. Um, and this is familiar to most of us it's a pretty famous passage Isaiah 40 the book right before Jeremiah chapter 40 see I just want to do kind of a devotion here is this helpful to anybody or what are you guys thinking as we're talking about waiting on the Lord I think it's the last verse of chapter 40. Uh, 30, 31. Uh, Angie, you got that?
3: But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint.
0: So as we go into this next week, let's, let's think about that verse there. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So... You know, waiting involves servicing, and and I I know uh, I was here this week and trying to mow the grass, and uh, you know, I've seen people here preparing for VBS, and now I hear that there was Bibles being made yesterday. I mean, we're we're serving the Lord as we're waiting on Him, but uh, in the midst of that, uh, it should renew our strength. And if we think about mounting up with wings as eagles, uh, you know, eagles are you know uh, a bold, a mighty, a strong, kind of the king of the animal, uh, the bird kingdom. And it says, people that wait on the Lord, they'll run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And so, uh, this week, uh, if we're getting tired or we're getting weary, maybe we're not waiting on the Lord properly and getting our strength renewed. Uh, anyway, I, I know there's t-shirts with that verse on it. There's other thing. Anybody else got any thoughts about that verse or about the thing of waiting on the Lord? Pam? I
3: uh, what's been going through my mind is that when I'm waiting on the Lord because I'm in a season that I wish would just pass quickly, I'm focusing on me, like, well, why is this happening? You know, what can I do to fix it? What can I do to change
0: it? Uh-huh.
3: And if I could turn that around and when I'm waiting, serve Him. Hmm. It because it's very tiring, it's stressful, it's, you mm-hmm. know, it drains you to worry. On yourself and your situation, mm-hmm. so it would give us strength. It'll mm-hmm. lift us up. If we serve him while we're waiting, rather than fix it. Or
0: so, so how, how do we do that practically? One thing I've tried this week uh, to be kind of like Job. You know, he when he lost everything. You, He still blessed the Lord and he, it says he bowed down and worshiped and so he, I, I, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard not to have your mind focused on the problem and how to fix it and any uh, feelings you might have, but I do try to intentionally, you know, praise you, Lord, in the midst of this and... And I, I I intentionally try to do that because I I can, I can get consumed with worry and yeah. and you do uh, get tired of waiting on something to pass or so. Any, any other thoughts about just waiting on the Lord? I think there are certain situations where waiting is not hard. Okay. So for instance, like
1: right now, my dad is falling ill, and so. I have to wait for forever hmm. on the Lord in that situation. Like I hmm. would rather, you know, ultimately, the Lord's going to take this on life. Hmm. So, in that
0: situation, I'll wait, I'll wait forever. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So in some ways, it's easy for some things to wait on. Mm-hmm. Good. Good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Belinda's online. She says she needed to hear this today.
0: Well, good. Well, good, Belinda. Yeah, it's it's a good good topic to end on here, this waiting on the Lord and serve Him while time is passing because I think all of us maybe feel like we are in the end times, and I, I believe we are, and so I believe Jeremiah is a relevant book. And, you, you know, uh, Jer- God told Jeremiah not to get married and uh part of that was maybe just because of the rigors that he would be going through, and uh, it wouldn't be and uh but but he kind of pictures those hundred and forty four thousand in the tribulation and so there there's a lot of prophecy kind of built into this book. And uh, but waiting is kind of a devotional thing that kind of crosses all dispensations about being waiting and, and being uh, but 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 there is a time to act. and so we we do serve the Lord while we're waiting and um, you know uh, I had a friend just tell me about uh, finances. And and his comment was <clears throat> to save money. Like God will not come back in your in your lifetime, but you need to believe that He could come back tomorrow. And, and I, I like that. Uh, it kind of helped me with even our finances. And, and in one way, it's like uh, you know we're making Bibles. And we're going to send them to a missionary. I mean, it may be months before they get in the hands of people that to actually read them. So we're we're kind of planning as if the Lord's not going to come back for a while. So, but we're we're serving Him while we're waiting. And so, uh, you know, we we don't want to just stockpile a bunch of Bibles and but. Uh, we need we need to be getting the word out. I guess is what I'm saying. And so anyway, I'm just kind of rambling now. But we'll uh, close up here. It's 10:15, uh, and uh, we'll 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 pray. So if you're online, thank you for joining us, and feel free to bow in prayer with us as we uh, dismiss. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do bow our heads and hearts, and we're this uh, kind of resonates with all of us to to wait upon the Lord. It, we're not a patient people. We we want instant gratification and it's hard to wait for that right person it's hard to wait for uh, uh many things and so lord uh help us to serve you while we wait May we uh, praise you and worship you uh, in suffering. And uh, Lord, I pray you bless these Bibles that were made yesterday. And I pray they'll get to the right people in time and according to your will. <clears throat> I pray your blessing on the uh, preaching this morning and main service as Brian uh, brings us the word. And just thank you for the book of Jeremiah that's uh, relevant to me. I pray it'll be relevant to those listening. And just be with uh, Belinda or anybody else listening online that uh, just pray your uh, your Holy Spirit will uh, just direct give us the uh, grace to go through what we're going through and uh, help us to be better for it and uh, Lord we do love you we, we do praise you we thank you for uh, this time and we ask you to dismiss us with your blessing in Jesus name Amen, amen. Alright well, I'm going to close up here <clears throat> You got to get, don't you, Jim?